Uh, yes. Today we have with us um, Katie Campisi, and she works at Hub, um, HubSpot, and we're so thankful to have her on Chasing Unicorns. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about you and how you got involved with customer success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kind of had a winding journey to customer success. Um, I like to call it the ambitious river because it wasn't a lazy river, but I did just kind of flow along and end up here. So I actually have a degree in journalism, which seems unrelated, but I do a lot of writing as part of my job, so it's helped. Uh, and when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do because reporters aren't really the most glamorous jobs these days, and I knew I didn't want to be a beat reporter. So I did the natural thing with my four-year degree and made coffee as a barista for a while. Took a job as an account manager at a startup that went out of business less than four months after I arrived. So about a year after I initially graduated, I suddenly was on the job hunt again. And I landed at HubSpot in um, tech support. So I had some friends that worked at HubSpot. I'd heard nothing but great things about the culture. And I honestly had almost no idea what HubSpot did. I went in for the interview. I kind of, I had a sense of what they did at that point. It was really just marketing software with a little bit of sales features, whereas it's grown so much in the four years I've been here. But that interview was really all about technical troubleshooting and not much about customer skills, but they were in a big hiring boom. I got put into a big class. I started. And after about 11 months in that role, I felt like I had kind of run the course and started exploring, you know, with the skills I developed and the interests I had, what made the most sense for me to do next. And we had a team within our customer success org that was looking to grow. So our customer success team that I'm on is a one-to-many kind of scalable model of customer success. So it's really innovative. There's honestly not a lot of companies doing the same thing that we're doing on my team. And I was number six on the team and we're now 26 people so it's been really fun to grow it and see how we can make a big impact on our org that's kind of the the journey i took to end up where i am now that's awesome so yeah looking on your linkedin i saw that you you started out as like customer support specialist and then manager and now you're senior senior manager what was that journey like in those promotions and how did you get to each new role at at hubspot yeah and so I want to clarify, I'm not a people manager. We have manager okay. in our title, but our, well, I'm a customer success manager, right? So I manage okay. the success of the customers I work with. Um, but the jump from support to customer success was pretty big. And I'd been told at the time that that was not common. So a lot of folks in support would go into other roles within technical aspects of HubSpot. So we became a technical consultant and worked on projects. But that jump to customer success, they said, you know, like the tech people aren't strategic enough to get into it. But I knew that's what I wanted to do based on what I enjoyed about working with customers wasn't so much the troubleshooting. Coding was not really for me. And I really liked problem solving on a high level. So knowing that I went for it anyways, and I did have experience even though it was short at that startup that went out of business. Um, and I landed on that team and then we kind of had tiered promotions through there. So they were, we have an L2 that you hit and they were kind of just structured promotions. So, you know, you hit your metric at a certain point, you get into this and then senior customer success manager was really about kind of demonstrating that you've mastered your role. So there's an aspect about metrics, but then also within our role, there's core competencies and 
not only had I learned them, but I was a resource for other people on my team. I'd mentioned we've grown so much. So being able to kind of help onboard new people and teach them the skills to do the job, I think is what helped me kind of jump to senior customer success manager. And I'm very happy in my role. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for clarifying what that manager means. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't always understand what customer success manager means. So having that clarification is important. Yeah. Um, what, what do you love about your role? The thing I think I love the most is that the model we work in and that it's a scaled one to many model means that I don't have a set book of customers. So my team manages a large group of customers and then we work very pro or reactively for the most part. So I'm talking to different people every single day. Like we work out of a shared inbox. We have really smart rules that will route things based on the words in them to certain people. But for the most part, you just don't know what's going to show up in your inbox. And sometimes it's really run in the mill things. Sometimes it's a really great opportunity to delight someone. Sometimes it's a really gnarly escalation that you have to diffuse like a bomb. And I love that excitement and challenge of not really knowing what's going to be on my plate that day. And then the other aspect of that that I love about my role is that not only do I have that day-to-day customer work, but that high-level innovation within our company. How can our team scale customer success? So a couple of years ago, HubSpot really defined their mission statement as wanting to help millions of organizations grow better. And right now we're helping thousands, but we can't get to millions with a one to 150 ratio for customer success. So our team is exploring ways to grow that ratio, but in a way that's still really delightful and doesn't make a customer feel like they don't have a point of contact. Wow. That's awesome. Um, what is a challenge that you feel as a, as a, in customer success? I think the biggest challenge is that sometimes people are really frustrated with some part of the product and I don't have a magic wand to just wave and make it work for them. And it can be really hard to put yourself on their side of the table without putting the rest of HubSpot on the other side of the table. So finding the nuance of helping the customer understand that all of HubSpot's focus is to help them and help them grow better and get them on board. So that can be really tricky. And our team is, like I said, innovative. And there's people even at HubSpot who stumble when they try to loop us in and set the right expectations so that's been a challenge too and that we're always trying to explain you know how to work with our team because folks are used to having one point of contact that's their customer success manager they can reach them so try not explain both internally and externally how to work with our team and that I think we're actually more accessible than one point of contact so when you email us there's 26 people who could respond which means someone is always available we can always take a call in the next hour if we have to when you have 26 calendars so i think being on a team that feels like it's pioneering what customer success can look like that can be a really big challenge it's just making sure people don't feel like they're just a number um, because they email us at an alias So I think they feel like they're going to a black hole. Sometimes people think a bot is responding to them, which means we need to work on the way we email. And so there's been some fun challenges, but definitely can be challenging to run into that. Yeah, definitely. And hearing how you were able to grow with HubSpot and and grow it into what it is now, how did you go about setting about those processes and and develop that um, as a department now? Yeah, so that's been a fun adventure. Back when it was a really small team, the way that we experimented was kind of just somebody saying, hey, I noticed that at this point in a customer's life cycle, they could really use an intervention. How do we be more proactive? How do we stop just replying to emails we get, scheduling calls that people ask for, to identifying with all this data that we have, 
where is the point in a customer life cycle that they need our help and they don't even know to ask for it yet. Hmm. So that's been kind of my biggest spark of enjoyment and creative problem solving is kind of exploring based on the data we have, how can we use that to find those points and can we automate alert creation to assign to someone to take an action? How do we track the success of that? And up until pretty recently, it was kind of the Wild West where I worked out of just spreadsheets and would make decks every once in a while to show to a director, you know, what I'd been doing to prove that I was doing something. And then all of those kind of couple of years of just spreadsheets and disjointed meetings, we've now got a really structured alert program based around what we've been doing and experimenting with. So something a few of us were focused on for years is now something the entire team works on and also kind of helps grow their careers because now instead of just that reactive motion, we're all engaging in that proactive kind of creative problem solving. Wow, that's awesome. That's so neat to hear your development of that, especially being so small and growing it to what it is to now. Um, what it, so all of us um, are kind of starting out in our careers. What is some advice that you would give um, somebody looking to enter into the customer success space? I think the biggest thing that I see slow people down is letting your ego get in the way of a situation with a customer or even in a role play in an interview. It's customer success is all about the customer success. So when you see somebody focused on kind of their career goals over what's actually coming into their desk or wanting to jump to the next level of maybe managing in customer success before you've mastered your role, I think that's something I see can be a big barrier. But my advice to anyone I know at HubSpot who's jumping into an interview for the role that I do or a similar role is customer focus. That's HubSpot has, we have a lot of little catchphrases, but one is SFTC, solve for the customer. So everything we do should be about solving for the customer and customer success, even when it means pushing back on another team, like in sales or marketing or finance and really being willing to go to the mat for your customer and do the right thing. Yeah, that's so great. Um, I feel like being, we forget that, but then like key is, you know, the customer is always right, going back to a long time mm -hmm. ago. I feel like sometimes we do forget that, um, but that's awesome that that's your guys' motto. Um, and I, I'm curious for, for you and the way that you started out, what is your kind of from the very beginning at your old company and the startup and then starting out um, entry level at HubSpot and to where you are now, what is the kind of interaction that you have with customers like? What is that uh, kind of day-to-day? -day? What's the difference between uh, entry level and then where you mm -hmm. are? Yeah, so entry level when I was in support, you're it's kind of like a call center, but way more fun is how I like to describe it. So when you start out in support, you're fielding inbound calls. So we have a number of cases we're expected to work each day, and there's a web queue ticket. So we've expanded a lot. When I was in support, it was just people could email us, and that was the web queue, and then phones, so people could call in. Now we can request callbacks. We have chat, which has grown to be half the volume of support. That's clearly what our customers want to be using, and then phone. So support reps are working out of one of those queues, depending on where they're needed, and you're kind of slated into a shift, and it's definitely different from customer success and that it feels really structured. It's very tangible. You have very clear metrics. And if you hit those, the path to grow is pretty clear. Whereas with customer success, I'm kind of bouncing between scheduled calls, calling out to folks who need something urgently, and then responding to emails as they come in. And depending on the season, that 
definitely shifts in terms of volume. So in the summer, things slow down, right? So we get busier when our customers are busier and everybody is kind of in vacation mode. And when COVID got really bad initially, we suddenly had way more emails coming in. I think our volume went up by three times or something like that, just of people looking for guidance, looking for support, what to do with their accounts and everything going on. So there's certainly moments where it fluctuates, but it's a lot more nebulous, I would say, and you have a lot more autonomy to kind of manage your day-to-day. -day. So some people like to have their inbox at zero all the time. I like to respond to emails kind of in chunks, and then if it's not urgent, I'll let it sit for a little bit and get back to it when I have that blocked out, and then I have calls at certain times of day, and then time for call out. So I like to have a structure, but my team all operates really differently, and I think that's one of the nice things about working on my team. That's awesome. Um, thank you for that explanation of um, giving us an insight in your day to day. Um, I think I'm going to open it up to the floor for, for the people to ask you questions as well. Um, our first question is from Daniel Davey, um, if he wants to come on and ask you his question. Cool. Um, Daniel? I think he answered in the chat. Okay. Um, well, I will just read his question. Oh, his, he said his mic is not working. Okay. I will read his question um, for him. Um, so he was asking, similar to what I asked earlier, what the entry-level um, role in customer success looks like, but he also asked a follow-up of what is some interview advice in landing that role that you would give to someone? I think I definitely would reiterate solving for the customer. And one of the challenges there is that we are a business, right? And we're publicly traded. We have to protect our business. So understanding how to prioritize the business versus the customer. Um, there's, gonna, there's definitely questions about prioritization, but I think always coming into it with one, the customer focus and not necessarily that the customer is always right, but we need to find a solution that makes the customer and HubSpot happy. So how do we find that middle ground? And then the other thing I would say about HubSpot is that they're not just looking for someone who already has the skills. Like I walked into a role for customer success, which is really strategic. And in the interview said, I have no business acumen. Like I knew nothing about how businesses worked, but I had demonstrated I could pick up new skills and was interested in learning it. So they really want to see somebody who's open to learning, open to feedback. Feedback is huge at HubSpot. If you ever interview at HubSpot, especially for customer success, you will have a role play. And then as soon as it's over, the manager interviewing you will ask, are you open to some feedback? And you better say yes. And don't make excuses. Thank them for the feedback. Let them know what you've learned from it. And that is going to look really good. I think the feedback piece, sometimes people get defensive and that just isn't what we want at House Around people who are really willing to grow because that feedback isn't meant to upset you or and sell you, it's meant to help you grow. And if you're open to growing, you're gonna do really well at HubSpot. Wow, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone doesn't like to hear negative things or feedback, but I think constructive feedback is one of the most helpful things that we can ever get, so. Yeah. Um, our next question is from Joshua. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for coming Hi. and talking to us today. Um, my question is, um, how do you maintain positive energy during like those tough days when you're interacting with customers all day long or like even during like the tough times of like the job hunt too as well or like stay optimistic? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'll say one of the things that helps me a lot is that HubSpot hires remarkable people and 
a lot of my closest friends, I've been at HubSpot for four years now, are people I've worked with at HubSpot. So having people sitting next to you who know exactly what you're going through and being able to walk, never on the floor, but walk off the floor and be like, I'm having a tough day. This thing mm -hmm. just happened. How could I have handled it better? And just sometimes you have to say, that sucked. And I need to take a minute, take a deep breath, get some perspective. It was one conversation, one email, an email and a phone call can't hurt you. And yeah. go back to your seat and just keep going. Yeah. But I think having the team I do, knowing that I'm really backed up and a manager who will also give me space to have those conversations is, mm -hmm. has really helped me, especially with situations like COVID that was honestly a really stressful few weeks of my job. I've never yeah. had so many negotiations about early cancellations and things like that. And uh, my team was really integral, even though we were all suddenly remote unexpectedly. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So just like having that support system of like your team members, but also your friends is allowing space for you all to kind of like express yourselves for like a moment just to like let it all out. Yeah. And always remembering too, that if our customers are mad at us, they're at their job when they're using HubSpot. So we do have customers who that they're one person who owns their own business. So something going wrong is mm -hmm. super impactful to their bottom line. Then we work with larger companies too and recognizing, well, maybe their manager is breathing down their neck about this and they missed a deadline or something and they're going to take it out on you. And you know what? That's part of the job sometimes and recognizing mm -hmm. that you didn't do anything wrong. Um, I, ever since I started working when I was 15, I've been in some kind of service. I was in food service for a long time. I was a barista. I've always been customer facing. And yeah, I would say that's helped me develop a really thick skin and recognizing that someone might just be having a bad day and it's not ever anything I did. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. I've been, I was a barista a little, for a little bit and then I was also working retail. So I definitely yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. You develop a very thick skin in those yeah. roles. Yeah. I guess I also have like a follow-up question. Mm -hmm. um, so let's just say you're having like a bad week then because like you have all these recurring days and stuff like that, but just, you know, a lot of um, demanding customers, I guess, for lack of better words. Yeah. But um, how do you um, prevent burnout then from that? Or how do you like recover from burnout from like your job? It's a very good question. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to work at HubSpot because we have unlimited time off. And mm -hmm. I've mentioned my manager and um, she and I are very close and that I'm able to be really honest with her about how I'm doing. And COVID again, is an example, she encouraged me to take an afternoon off when I needed it, take a day off when I needed it. And I had, of course there was nowhere to go um, early on, but I took a few Fridays just to have a long weekend and have some time to myself and HubSwap puts a really big emphasis on recovery. And even if you're not somewhere where you can take unlimited time off like that, um, building in moments throughout the day to get away from your desk. Like I, we're not in the office anymore, but I used to get on people who sat at their desk to eat lunch. And I was like, we have this hour, step away, let's eat together, let's be social. I would be the person there saying, nope, we're not talking about work right now. You can talk to me at 101 about this thing you need help with. But right now I wanna hear about other things and just making sure, even if it's five minutes to do a deep breathing exercise. I'm also a health coach outside yeah. of work so always making sure that you're taking care of yourself like you I like to say like put the mask on right before you help someone else put their mask on so if you're not taking care of yourself you can't help other people I think that's really important to do okay wow that like resonates so much with me just kind of enjoying that line between like work and also like personal just for your own like mental health yeah and being. Uh, I love your mask analogy I'm gonna start using that from now yeah. on yeah thank you so much for being so honest about like yeah. the recovery and like stuff like that of course yeah thank you Thank you. Um, yeah, that was a, a great question, Joshua. Um, and a follow-up kind of 
um, to that. I wanted to ask you, so you said you studied journalism and, and now you're in, you know, uh, working for a business like HubSpot. And could you just tell us your um, advice that you would give back to, you know, fresh graduate you looking for an I don't know what and wanting to go into something, but then landing as a barista and then that transition from being a barista into work, like how to transition smoothly. I feel like I also worked in retail uh, on, you know, Black Friday and all of the craziness. And so um, also know that it's sometimes hard to transition out of um, that, that sort of customer industry into a business aspect industry. Mm -hmm. so what advice that you would have? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me was honestly maintaining a work-life balance. So when I was a barista, I worked a weird schedule and sometimes I'd open as early as like 4.30 and go some nights you're getting home at two because we're open like really long hours. So for me, moving to that nine to five, I thought would be this huge breath of fresh air. And in reality, I suddenly felt like I couldn't leave my job at my job because I was dealing with kind of things that felt more impactful or if someone's mad about how you made a coffee, that doesn't matter in three minutes. So you just go home and you forget about it. Whereas if you're trying to solve these big problems or something's really weighing on you that you're struggling with, um, I think really focusing on that work-life balance, which I know I just talked about a lot, but that I think has been, was a big thing for me when I made that transition and between become it, like the startup that I was working at closed and they went bankrupt. So I was unemployed for two months and that was a very weird time. So transitioning to working at HubSpot where I had been like sleeping in all the time and really reverted back to some like bad habits from college. I had no schedule. I just did whatever, started like baking cookies all day and cleaning obsessively. I became kind of a housewife. It was very weird. And um, I think when I got to HubSpot, entering into a more professional environment was tricky. Um, so I think just paying attention to kind of what the culture is like and adapting to that while at the same time kind of, I don't know, remaining authentic to yourself, I think is important as you go to a new company and you make that transition to a more professional world, there's going to be politics. There's going to be kind of a culture that you learn and kind of see, you know, how much vacation do we take with unlimited vacation and, you know, what's the deal with lunch and blah, 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 you know, all these little things that kind of make up the joyful parts of your day and just, plugging into that, but making sure that you don't let it kind of take over your life because you have this new job that you're thinking about all the time. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Um, great advice. We have um, another question also from Daniel. Um, he says, what are the specific verbiage or knowledge um, that customer success people use? That's a very good question. So you're talking about kind of like metrics would be measured in or concepts that we talk about? Yeah, maybe like, I think he's probably going along like KPIs and yeah. how use that and what you would talk about with with your coworkers to measure things. Yeah. So the big metric that we use at HubSpot is customer dollar retention. So at the beginning of every month, we start with a certain amount of money. At the end of the month, how much of that amount did we still have? So that's the biggest metric that we're measured on. Whereas revenue retention is you started with X amount of money. At the end of the month, how much did you have in total, including upgrades, add-ons, that type of thing. Whereas customer dollar retention, we're looking at what we lost. So those are two different metrics that are really crucial to how my team is measured. And then within my role, kind of my secondary metrics are, um, I have a CSAT, so customer satisfaction score. The signature of all my emails is how helpful was my email? And then someone can give me a one through a 10. So we wanna keep that pretty high. So it tells you how you're doing with your written communication. 
We have call targets. I think it's pretty standard within customer success or like a percentage of your install base. Install base is another verbiage. So that's the book of customers that you're responsible for and assigned to. So what percentage of them did you engage with, whether that's measured with how much of the monthly recurring revenue did you engage with as a percentage or number of calls. So those are some of the common ways that people are measured. And within our org, we also have direct customer success managers who they have that one to 150 ratio. They own a book of business. They own that customer dollar retention number, whereas my team shares those bigger metrics and the book. So the secondary metrics are a big part of kind of when you're evaluating my performance. Now, yes, our team is hitting metrics, but am I also doing my day-to-day work? Got you. Um, does that answer your question, Daniel? We will wait for his reply. Okay, he said yes. awesome. <laughs> so that Go was um, Do we have any more questions from anyone in the audience that they would like to ask Katie while she is here? Uh, what is the best thing about working at HubSpot? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I have to say the people, which I think sounds like a huge cliche, but the people who work at HubSpot are all really remarkable, like I said, and they say that it's harder to get a job at HubSpot than to get into Harvard, I think just because of like, the acceptance rate. <laughs> um, I will say getting into support did not feel like I was applying to Harvard, so don't be intimidated if you're applying to HubSpot. Um, but yeah, the people who work there are so passionate about what they do. I remember when I was in training for support, and it's almost like a fire hose of information coming at you. Um, people would sit down and talk to us about email deliverability, which I knew nothing about, and people were so fired up about it. And then someone sat down and talked about backend security, and they were so fired up about it. And I thought it was so cool to see these people who were able to work on something they're so passionate about. And you can tell that at every aspect of HubSpot, the people who work on their projects truly care about what they're doing. And the collaboration you see from that and the results is, it's remarkable. Yeah, I really love the people who work with me. That's awesome. Thanks for answering my question. Yeah, yeah I feel like people make just the atmosphere better. So mm -hmm. that one person who can make your day. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in getting close to wrapping up, do you, what are some resources that have helped you along in your journey, books that you've read, podcasts that you listen to that have helped, um, yeah, move you forward in your career? I remember, I can't remember the exact name of the book, but one I read early on, it was, the tagline was like an MBA in 80 pages or something. It was basically a crash course in business acumen. That was really helpful for me. And then, honestly, it sounds like a cop-out, but HubSpot has so much great programming. So they're constantly bringing people in to talk to us about innovation and tech and growing and success. And those resources have been so ample. I haven't had to seek much external help with growing. Um, we have a lot of programming. Like we just had an entire day where everybody in customer success was essentially out of office and we all signed up for different courses that were interested and they had internal and external speakers. Um, and it was basically a personal development day that the company put on for us. And um, so that commitment to helping us grow has made it really easy for me to, I just have to look at my calendar and see what looks good that week. And I'm able to kind of pick up on things. And what did you personally sign up for during that personal development day? I signed up for some that were pretty specific to like HubSpot products and using them. But then one that was really interesting to me, what was it called? It was something about, um, 
it was leading rather than following your customers. So it was all about kind of what I talked about our business or our team doing. So how do we help our customers get where we want them to go rather than the customer saying, well, I want to work on growing my lead generation and I'm going to do that by blogging. I can say, okay, sure. That's great. I know that you have to do more than blogging. So I need to kind of help them piece that together and guide them to the success. Cause at the end of the day, my job is to help customers see success and value with HubSpot or else they won't renew. And then my team won't hit our metric. And that's really the goal. So figuring out how to plant those seeds with them. Um, I think that was really valuable. And I ran a training for new customer success managers on business acumen, which I think is pretty cool since that was the thing I knew the least about going into the role. And now I run a training on it, but we talk about that a lot and how we have customers who they want to use a tool and they might not have connected that tool to their bigger strategy yet. So how do we kind of unlock that two plus two equals five? magic of using the tool with a good strategy um, and it's more than just placating customers it's really pushing them to grow um, and that session really helped kind of open you know where there even more room for innovation within what we're already doing that's awesome and you said customer success you used a different word i didn't know before it started with an a i think what did i call it oh i'm not really sure never mind <laughs> i don't remember what i said i was like processing anyway but yes that sounds like an amazing course and then it's great that you've gotten to teach what at one point when you entered HubSpot didn't know so I feel like that's always the best to be able to regurgitate what I, you've learned so yeah I think the moment I realized I understood business acumen was when I started really enjoying Shark Tank and like guffawing at some of the valuations and their business plans I was like I think I get how businesses work now so honestly Shark Tank is a really I think it's a fascinating show, but also educational. So I would chalk that up with a resource that's helped me. Oh, yes. I enjoy it. I watched an, um, one the other day about, I think they tried to um, launch goat yoga, but I mean, it didn't make it through, but it was super entertaining. Yeah. We have some customers of ours that have been on Shark Tank, and that's been really cool. I don't oh. know if you saw the, the cat DNA test, but I'm one of their customer success managers, and they got a deal on Shark Tank, so it was really awesome. Oh, wow. That's such a claim to fame. That's so neat. Yeah. What, what is their business with cat DNA? So it's for people who want to know the species of their cats. Um, I don't know. I have two cats. I don't know we have like portraits of our cats because we don't have kids and our cats are for our children. But I think it's odd to want to know the species of your cat. It doesn't really matter like with the dog. But the sharks want to choose it for horses since people value horses a lot. But yeah, it was cat DNA testing. Wow, so interesting. Um, Daniel has another one last question okay. um, before we wrap up. He said, how is, um, important is business acumen? I would say it's pretty important if you want to really grow in customer success, not only in terms of customer facing. So if I'm talking to customers and they're explaining to me, this is our business model and our industry and here's the challenges we're having. If I can't wrap my head around that, it's really hard for me to help them plug HubSpot in to help them drive success with their goals and then measure success. So a lot of what I try to do is not only help them use the tools effectively, but set up their reporting so that when it's time to say, did HubSpot work? They just run a report and they go, oh yeah, look, we were set up this report that measured what we were working on. And now we know that we had ROI from this platform and internally, even at HubSpot, understanding kind of the business acumen of our own company has helped me a lot in terms of kind of 
making a reputation for myself as someone who was working on those proactive alerts early on when not a lot of people are doing that and knowing how to position the value. Um, those are really important things when you're trying to grow a career. I would say at any business, just even the internal business acumen is really valuable. And you can pick a lot of that up just by talking to people and manager or director roles. I did a lot of that early on. Yeah, that's, he says, thanks. So you're welcome. <laughs> that's always great to yeah have those conversations, especially with people who've been in the business longer. So, mm -hmm. Well, wonderful. Um, I think that we're, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Unicorns and um, imparting all of your wisdom to us as we. Thank you for having me. Yes, it was wonderful. Um, how might we connect with you if we can connect with you um, on LinkedIn or whatnot? Mm -hmm. and that okay, so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Katie Campisi, easy to find. I don't think there's many of me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, I will send that to the group. Um, it was okay. so lovely to meet you. Awesome. It was great talking to all of you too. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Come, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> until <laughs> next time on Chasing Unicorns. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. That was terrific. I'm glad Thank to you. Hear it. Thank you so much. All righty.